I want an entire convention center full of just like, whoop, whoop. <laughs> Yo! Hello, and welcome to the 11th ever episode of Key Fort, a podcast about playing Key Forge in a fort with friends. Today on Key Fort, the guys welcome Brad Andrews into the fort. It starts off funny, then it's unfunny, then it's terribly unfunny, then it's hilarious. The fort gets a new king. The league is over, and I am no longer the king of the fort. The torch has passed on. But will Brad try to take the throne? So why don't you hand me that scepter and get on my level? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sorry, Brad, you're the king of Key Forge, but you're not king of the fort. <laughs> and they talk about a game that isn't Keyforge? I think it's the perfect game to sit around the table, have a nice glass of scotch, and just have fun. Again, I think you can ruin it by taking it too seriously. Let's open up the fort. Welcome to Keyfort, a podcast about friends playing Keyforge in a fort. I'm Jeff. I'm Dan. I'm Scott. We're joined here, as always, by our beautiful glassy-eyed producer, Jason. Hello. Hi, Jason. So we've got one heck of a show for you guys. As you know, we've got a new set out. We've got a very special guest who we'll get to momentarily. And some very concise but very tectonically shifting league news to share with you guys. So let's get into it. The league is over, and I am no longer the king of the fort. The torch has passed on. In fact, I just about came in last place. It, it came from top <laughs> to bottom. Bangers to bombs. Second to last place. Yep. I was hoping actually to get last place because I think it would be a better story, but I couldn't lose to Doug. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Doug's just that bad. He just couldn't. Doug, I don't think, won a game. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, he, and then he quit. Then he quit. He's yeah. not part of the league anymore. It's curling season. But we have to crown a new king. Wait, yeah, is, we the, is the king here in this room right now? Yeah. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yes, I suppose that makes sense. That's why I don't talk on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Unless it's a prepared shit-talking speech for san- sanctimonious. The winner of the league is Scott. He won. He beat Dan in the championship. He did. He crushed me. I don't even know how I was there, I was, but somehow I got there. You played well. Sheer grit and no. determination. We cheered for you and, like, pounded the table and called yeah, you yeah, king in the got- fort. Okay, we got to give us a second. We, you, we have to we have to properly crown you. Yeah. Okay. So Let's Jason's go. got the. I'm ready. The My body's horrible. ready. I'm here. I'm a much less gracious winner than. Yeah. Well, for the next thing, Jason is. We have to put the crown on first. Use the crown. You can touch it with your own hands too. No, you need to be crowned. You look so stupid on your dumb headphones. All right, and now your scepter. Oh, what is this? <laughs> what is this? This is a three-foot level with... Is that... It's a four-foot level. Is that Joey? Is, that's Donnie. Is, is that's Donnie, Donnie, new kids on the block. Yeah. Uh, is, that a, is that a belt? Yes. It's a... Okay. <laughs> All right. Oh, and on the back, it's a new kids on the block. Uh, Mad- 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 oh, oh, no. What, you broke your oh, scepter. I broke, I broke the scepter. Hold on. Let me oh, fix it. Oh, shit. Wow. Holy cow. This is amazing. And you can use it to help level the fort up whenever we get around to it. As the king, you are the protector of the realm. Oh. <laughs> it's your job to make sure that the fort stays level. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's a very yeah. good gesture, you guys. Wow, okay. So so yeah. I have to level this fort. In the manner that you love, you'll add something to the scepter. 
for the next king. Oh, I love you guys. <laughs> this is yes. like an elegant arts and crafts yeah. project. This is everything I've ever wanted out of a scepter, and I'm very excited to add something to this and to bring it back and to make sure that I can continue to add these things to this for the rest of our league while we play. So Worlds Collide is out, and I'm having a ton of fun with it. I've popped a bunch of freshies. You've been out of town and haven't really had a chance to really sink your teeth into it yet, Jeff. Just played some games last night, and I love it. But I have a question mm-hmm. for all of you here. Mm-hmm. How many decks have you opened so far? Two. Fourteen. I do have a box on the way, though. Fourteen? Fourteen. <laughs> okay, wow. I'm at fifteen. Hey, Jason, who was there with you when you popped an entire box? Uh, no one. <laughs> <laughs> Because I have it on, why I don't buy boxes. I have it on good authority that you just got a box and then yeah. you just were like, "Not now!" and went down to the basement and popped. Well, no, 12 no, decks. it took a whole weekend. Like it was like, oh, okay. It was like, ooh, my wife left. Let me pop a freshie. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so this, this was successive over the course of a weekend. Yeah. Just like maybe yeah. I'll pop a freshie now. Yeah. yeah, I was like, oh, I'm yeah. gonna go to bed. Let me pop a, a freshie in bed. Did you? Did you hide these? Is this like your dirty little secret? Susan's like, I hear cellophane. That's a German deck. Get away from the thin red line. No. Okay. No, she didn't. Okay. She didn't notice. You're just yeah. that stealthy. Yeah. Oh, my wife's gone. I'll go pop a freshie. Fort report. Yeah, it is kind of actually nice out today. It's been cold, but now it's finally 41 degrees, and it's pretty nice. It's kind of a balmy night out there. And Jeff, you have this week's sponsor. This week's episode is brought to you by Grand Star Compliance Underwriters, LLC. Are you a spacefaring medic or doctor? Do you have problems keeping up with all the crazy Alliance protocols? What if your patient's routine transporter trip goes wrong and it becomes more of a wild wormhole? Oh, no. Do you know how to suggest the proper levels of Xeno training or whiplash from an Explore rover crash? Let Grandstar Compliance Underwriters be your universal translator so you can get a lay of the land and keep your practice from going into red alert. Some restrictions apply due to GDPR, ACA, HIPAA, EDIE, 4x4, TCPIP, and AOL 3.5. Thanks, Jeff. I'm sorry. I'm going to have to play Oldovich. I'm sorry. I forgot to bring beer today. I'm going to swoop one. I'm sorry. I'm taking that move back. I know it triggered the rule of six. Yeah, so uh, we have a very special guest today. We have Mr. Brad Andres from Final Fantasy, fi- Fantasy, Final, Final Fantasy, Fantasy Games. <laughs> Final Jesus. Fantasy Games. Cut that. They're, they're on. They're on their 16th installment of their company. <laughs> <laughs> no, hey guys, it's, it's, it's so good to have you on in, in the fort. We met you at the Source Comics and Games during a team event. Yes, I was there just checking it out, uh, seeing what was going on. Yeah, that was a really fun event. I don't think we we had much success, but it was really nice. So I kind of wanted to ask you what, what you think of the fort and coming into it, you know, like walking in, parking in the street and then walking into the backyard and seeing it for the well, very first time. Well, I didn't quite know what to expect. I mean, I've listened to you guys before. And so I was like, okay, well, the, they have a fort. But what does that mean? Does that mean like, you know, a lean-to or well, – I'm honestly, I was really impressed. You guys have quite the setup here. And it turns out we were playing one of your favorite games when you walked in. Yeah. stream course. Definitely. Because Scott and I have a – have an ongoing grudge match with that game. So oh, yeah? that was pretty awesome. Who's winning? Jeff. Yeah, it's one to nothing. It's one nothing, baby. <laughs> in official matches, because Scott always like, let's start over. In, in regulation play. In regulation yeah. play. I yeah. am the king of Kirby's dream course. I mean, you know, as you know, it takes about 30 minutes to play a game because you got to go through seven 
courses. Well, especially when you keep on trading stars back and forth. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. We love it. Uh, and we love we love the game too of KeyForge. <laughs> this is so great. Awesome. That's Scott. why we're here. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously. This isn't a Kirby's Dream Course podcast. No. <laughs> yeah, I mean, let's, let's talk, let's talk we about. have a long term vision, so it could shift that way, but we're just <laughs> waiting to see what the market does. So. Yeah, yeah, I got yeah. it. <laughs> Before we talk more about Worlds Collide, we do have to breach the subject, uh, the elephant in the room of a forging sound. You know, like oh, this is yeah. this is one of those things that, that as you enter the fort, you're kind of entering a social contract to make a weird sound with your mouth and or body. Yeah. Um, when you forge keys. And, you know, we're not going to be forging keys, but we're going to warm you up first so you're not going cold. We Ooh. do have a listener's one, and and Jeff is going to unveil his yeah. his new one as well. Yep. So I think that that's probably a better way of starting it. So mine, Scott hates this one. It's because he makes eye contact. Yeah, so what I do is I make eye contact with the opponent, and then I flip the key over and I go... It's so bad. Wow, that is. It's so bad. And that's it. I don't so boom. Bad. I don't slam mm. it. I just. Mm. Mm. And at first, at first it was funny. because <laughs> It was uh, funny. He was just doing it to do mm-hmm. it. But now it's a thing it's a of routine thing. and it's kind of boring for him to do it. And now yeah. it's just getting. But could you imagine really that bad. at like Dreamers or The Source or at a vault tour? I might call a judge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just This is harassment at this point. Yeah, it's pretty just, much. <laughs> But just little <laughs> mind games. So yeah, that's my new one. And then we also have uh, one from Zach Armstrong mm. Ooh. on Twitter. I do love Zach. Yeah, He's yeah. great. My name is Zach Armstrong, and this is my forging sound. Whoa! Yeah, I'm intimidated. What? Yeah, he full sended it. That's okay. Can you can we do that one more time? Sorry. Forging sound replay. Yeah, that addresses Jason's issue with cutting through a noisy room for sure. <laughs> yep. Oh yeah, that'll cut. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. that's and like it, being at a zoo. That's 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 a that's a like true triumphant screech, really. right? Yeah. 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 So my thing is, you want your hand motion to be integrated with your forging sound. Mm. So you could go like flip it as you're wooing, and then either cow like up above your head, or mm. and then slam it down, or you could pound it on the table a couple times when cowing. Hmm. That's solid. It's enthusiastic. It's, yes, it is yeah. very enthusiastic. Yeah. yeah. I just can't wait to go to a vault tour at some point and just everybody bring your forging sounds because I want like <laughs> yeah. I want an entire convention center full of just it's like a, whoop whoop right. <laughs> yo it's boom a it's a cacophony of noise perfect filling up a, friggin yeah you know when we were working on the game originally that's what we were always hoping for we'll put yes. it in the rules <laughs> yeah. put, in the, put rules. it in the rules let's go <laughs> <laughs> must make sound with mouth or body so Brad I think without much further ado let's Ooh. let's have some noises mine mine comes in the form of a joke Okay. Okay. All right. What sound does a Swedish lightsaber make? I don't know. Bjorn. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. I love it. I love it. That's so amazing. Would you, so would you would, would you make the joke first and then do the sound? I, I think so. Mm. I think so. I think that's the best way to play it. Then we can all share a laugh. And really, yeah. at the end of the day, we're all there to have fun. Absolutely. So. Well, sure. I think there's something to that where you keep saying the same joke at first it's funny and then it turns into something annoying like yeah, well, right. if, if you do it for long enough eventually you'll steve martin it it starts off funny then it's unfunny right and it's terribly unfunny right then it's hilarious right. you know and, and i like that because it, it's got a good 
long just sounds like Bjorn. And the longer yeah. you can like do it, it the better. Right. The longer it's, you can do it, the longer you can get that sustain. Yeah. I like yeah. throat singing. Yeah, it's and, guttural. And, yeah. and you can accentuate the beginning of it like Bjorn, pound dad jokes on him. But right. no, I love the the Swedish lightsaber is fantastic. Yeah. Let's talk about Worlds Collide. Yeah, yeah. let's talk about Worlds Collide. Because Worlds right. Collide oh. is so good. <laughs> Are you kidding me? It's, Scott is having fun with Worlds Collide for sure. I love Worlds Collide. Dude, yeah, it, it, Scott's got some broken stuff already. Good. With like code I, monkeys I mean, and hex peons and mimic gels. Yeah. He's like, oh, hey, neat. Look, I'm drawing nine. Hey, look, I'm drawing nine. I, oh. got, I got three code monkeys, two Igors, a mimic gel, and a data forge. <laughs> In my logo suite. It's stupid. You know what's better than drawing nine? Ten. Ten. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love it so much. And Logos to me seems like it's finally like what Logos needed to be. One of the great things about releasing new sets with some of the same houses is we get to explore those different themes that those houses have. And so like the way I approached the design of Logos from Call of the Archons to Age of Ascension to Worlds Collide is completely different. What themes are in Worlds Collide? So for Logos, it's a lot about... I'm trying to think of the right way to describe it. It's about that card advantage house, but it's about the smoothness of moving through your hand. Sure. Call of the Archons is a lot about card draw. Yep. Um, and having that be pronounced because, you know, Logos has that level of for its support role and I try and make sure that each house has kind of an active role and a support role yep and, and card draw and hand management is logos's overall role because you can think about the the game in two different uh, fields uh, it's a board management and a hand management game mm -hmm. and so logos works very hard on the hand management aspect so call the archons the card draws really prevalent it's for the hand management age of ascension it's archives Mm -hmm. It's about refining that, using that as that extra zone. Now, Worlds Collide is more about flexibility in your hand, being able to play extra things and and work. And then that, in that way, it works more closely with Star Alliance. I had the observation, and I don't know if it's true, it seems like the first two sets, Logos was about going through your hand, and now they've seemed to develop an offense. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. People love these houses. I mean, I'm sure everyone on this table has their favorite. Logos happens to be mine. Yeah. Um, and so showing off different aspects of those houses uh, is really important, but keeping the core of what they, they mean. And we keep a huge document uh, at the office about what is the core play identity of each house. And so it's finding different ways to express that play identity that, that really brings out the magic that is each house. It's why Logos... Even because we've, you know, we've intentionally designed it differently in each set, but it still feels like logos. The same with this, where there's so much more purge, and mm -hmm. purge oh, is God, now yeah. meaningful and has interactions hung on different sorts of actions as well. This has vaulted itself up to a fantastic house because I'm not much of a of a disc player. I don't think in Call of the Archons, but I really like the way that it's working in this set. Especially like one of my favorite interactions is with Star Alliance, where you can buzzle your entire line <laughs> and then next order just pop a red alert down. That's just so satisfying to me. And to see those kinds of interactions cross house and all hung on purge, so cool. You know who it's not satisfying for? Mm. Me when you pulled it on me last night. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? Yeah, welcome like, back yeah. to vacation. <laughs> I got it all figured Boom. out. just smoked me. So on the topic of mechanics, what was the inspiration for... Saurians. The Saurians are really kind of almost an expression of my, they're, they're kind of an expression of my college experience, to be honest. Okay. Um, I have a degree in geology and paleontology. Sure. And uh, minor in classics. 
mm-hmm. with focus on Roman and Latin. Yeah, um, oh, for sure. So mm-hmm. kind of got to combine those two things. My, my real big inspiration was trying to find a mechanical hook that would reward risk-reward play. Sure. Riskier play. Mm-hmm. And so I, I combined a bunch of different elements uh, with, you know, obviously it just happened to be what I studied in college, but really refining it, it's down to the idea of hubris that is the common thread throughout the Saurians. Sure. Um, my original idea was that they were uh, Atlantean dinosaurs and all of Atlantis got pulled to the crucible. Now we backed off that. And so they're just dinosaurs. Sure. But the idea of Atlantis being the story about hubris mm-hmm. and then... Greek and Roman culture, the stories about hubris and hubris against the gods was really, really a prominent theme in their myths. And then on top of it, you know, dinosaurs are a really big element of hubris in our modern day with Jurassic Park being this really, really, you know, kind of the biggest dinosaur films of all time. And in that, dinosaurs are the allegory for hubris of man's like playing God. Yeah. Uh, And so I really wanted to combine all those elements. And put a mechanical hook that represented that. Yep. And that's where we got Exalt, is that sense of like, oh, I'm so good. I can put Amber on my own guys, mm, right. and you'll never be able to take it because yeah. I am so wonderful. Yeah. And I've seen that too. I've, I've seen players act that way towards their dinosaurs and throwing the stuff on there and warding them and feeling great about it. But you know what? There's answers. Oh, of course. And it was a wonderful time to bring Ward back into the game. We had actually originally had some Ward in Call of the Archons in our original prototype, but we wheeled that back we didn't feel that it was the right time for it. Yeah. And this provided this really great opportunity to bring them in because they were going to be big. And we wanted them to be big in a different way than Sanctum was. And so Ward was this perfect way that we could make these big creatures that were defensive but didn't have to rely on armor. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, I don't think Saurians would work at all without Ward. It just it just wouldn't – you wouldn't be able to leave it on – other people's turns and it's fun breaking through a ward too like yep. getting through that wall because you just like cool i get it out of the yeah. way and then i hit it ah, it feels really good and there's so many more opportunities to go back and look through your decks and see if you can find a poison wave you know that you know to pair it with other some kind of board clear you know you think about a ward clear now you know it feels almost like i, I felt a little bit of tinge of like netrunner playing a corp when i was playing saurians like i'm gonna build up my my stuff and you're going to come at me and try to take it until I can, you know, capitalize on it. Yeah, it very much does have that feel. It, it, yeah, it's very cool. They were really a joy to work with. And it leads me to an interesting story. I mean, because of players' propensity to exalt, mm-hmm. like that, that drive to do it, because it's on your cards and it feels good and it feels like you're doing stuff. We actually had to be really intentional about how we designed our commons. Mm. We didn't want any of the commons to be 100% a, a trap that players could fall into, that, you know, there, there are some more marginal exalts. Uh, Draco Preco is a great example of one that, not always one that you're going to want to do. We tried to make sure that any of that were on commons were ones that you would almost always want to exalt. Can you remind us what Draco Preco does? I believe it enrages all creatures of one house. What went into uh, Star Alliance? Well, Star Alliance is definitely, you know, I grew up watching Star Trek and that was a huge inspiration for it. But I wanted something that kind of took the place of Mars, but in almost the opposite way. Mars is all about working with itself, about saying, I'm, I'm almost better than your other houses. And so just focus on me and that kind of 
you know, uh, in solar play. And I wanted to take the set in a different direction, have it feel different. And so Star Alliance are the solution to that. They're, they're the house that works well with everybody and makes your onboard play much better and smoother instead of, you know, strictly your hand. Now they have a little bit of hand management stuff, but they're much more about how do I get a perfect board set up? How do I make my houses work better together? And I felt that that resonated really strongly with the message that permeates all of Star Trek of that working together is our, our key to the future. And really that's a message I feel is integral to Keyforge in the first place. We always wanted it to not be a setting about pure violence. It's not about beating your opponent. It's about besting them in a contest. It's about uh, fellowship and, you know, togetherness and how we work together to overcome any obstacle. And if anyone's going to represent that best, I think it's Star Alliance. Yeah, one of the things I loved about it when we first opened some is the meta from Mars that I've talked about seems to carry over to Star Alliance. Mm -hmm. Because Mars is like, oh, this is a ray gun or this is a containment chamber. And it's all about what the Martians would use to invade your planet. And in Star Alliance, it's like, oh, Sensor Chief Garcia has a blaster. And if someone else is using it, cool. But you can also pass it to her and she has a different use for it. And everything just seems like, yeah, that makes perfectly logical mm. sense. Yeah. So like what this car does. Their focus on upgrades is actually a really interesting aspect mm. of their house because that idea of working together, your upgrades play on anything. Mm -hmm. And oh, so yeah. inherently by having a house that actually focuses on upgrades, which we didn't have in our first two sets, we have a house that honestly focuses on making all your creatures better. And again, that onboard play, the things you have in front of you. Mm -hmm. is is really integral to them. Like that cloaking dongle I love. Mm -hmm. It's just like you get something beefy on the board and then, oh, you're all elusive. And exactly. It's, it's fantastic. Yeah, I feel like it's not going to be the premiere house in, at any point. I don't know. Well, it, actually, kind of. yeah, I kind of take hard. that back. It bangs. But I like the support role it plays. Like it facilitates other houses. It's not like Mars where you can win with just Mars. Right. Yeah. Exactly, and, and, and it really shouldn't be that way. Mm -hmm. Star Alliances is made better by their alliances, the others that they can bring in and, and add to their might. And that's why we see a couple of characters uh, that would normally be in other houses like Ishii or Special Agent Fingers. We see that the Star Alliance is very welcoming to anyone that wants to join. I also want to talk about board position. Mm -hmm. So in Coda, the board position didn't, matter a lot. Is it intentional that board position matters more as the sets come out? Or was that something you guys noticed as people were playing that, you know, this is something we could add to the game? It was an area of design space we chose to leave, unexplored, not unexplored, but less explored. Yeah. Because it's such a potent area of design space. The, the battle line itself is so flexible. Mm -hmm. And we wanted to, to leave that open for a bit and slowly kind of open up that space. Because again, you you have you have some control over it, but not as much. Um, so deploy was our first venture into that, manipulating yep. that ability, and I, I think it's still just a very rich area of design space. Absolutely, expect us to continue to explore it. Yeah, that that is one of the things I really like about the game is the positional aspects and the fact that you are designing in that space is just great. It makes the game a lot more rich. It seems like the game gets bigger. Like you have spaces you're almost unlocking. Mm -hmm. 
like if you got purged in AOA, there you go. But there's logos cards that let you take something out of purge. And purging is a big mechanic now to key cheat, right? You yeah. Reduce to, it by number and, of purged to, cards or increase power of creatures. Yeah. And, yeah. So is was that intentional as well to say, let's move it from like your archives were non-existent in Coda and then archives. It's like, oh, I have this whole new space to store things and stage things. You know, think about it down to the base concept of what Keyforge is. Keyforge is a game about discovery. It's about finding new things, going on adventures and and figuring things out. And one thing we want to continue to do is explore those new spaces. We want to surprise people. We want people to have that new experience. Maybe it's one that you understand because you know how to play Keyforge. But when you come to a new set, I want you to be excited. I want you to be excited beyond belief. Mm -hmm. Because that's how we feel when we're designing these cards. We specifically make cards that are like, I can't wait for someone to open this and drop the deck out of excitement because of how cool it is. That's great. It's mission accomplished because we're already geeking out over the next thing. You know, it's like whatever's biggest and baddest in the previous set, the next set's like, oh, that's cute. It's great. (laughs) When when you're designing a set, do you have at all a mindset that you're training a player for something that's going to come in the future? Mm. (laughs) Yes. You want to take players and show them different things or have the potential to show them. Again, the algorithm makes that a little, little muddier. But we definitely have more ideas than we have card slots. I think our our pile of slush designs for Keyforge cards is sitting around five, six hundred extra cards just kind of floating around that we just haven't found the right spot for. And every time we design a set, we over-design by a couple hundred cards. Mm. So that continues to grow with every set we design. That's awesome. <laughs> so again, it's just like there's no awesome. there's no end to the creativity of the design team. They're really wonderful. And there's so many more actions that you can think of to hang more cool actions on. Like we haven't seen any actions or artifacts hung on the action of reshuffling yet. And that's just sitting there waiting. Maybe we'll see it. It's such a rare action though, so I don't Now, when you reshuffle, forge a key <clears throat> and then or put it in with a whole bunch of like archive stuff with logos and all of a sudden the anomaly thing. Yeah. So how calculated was that, like, as far as releasing certain mechanics? And will we maybe not see some of those? They're, they're definitely all possible futures. Yeah. A part of it was just, like, us wanting to explore and and put that new element of discovery. Because it's really, like, when I sit down and, and start visioning out a new set, one of the first things I do is, as a player, you know, just getting in that mindset, what do I have to look forward to without knowing at all about what's you know, what's going to be in my deck? What houses? What 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 excitement do I have before I even open the box? Am I going to get an anomaly? Am I going to get some crazy combination? Am I going to get a cool maverick? And finding those opportunities is really important. So those anomalies, we wanted to be big. We wanted to be exciting and, and make people look forward to the future. Now, maybe not all of them get used, but I can say that uh, there's definitely a couple that have already shown up in our card files for future sets. Cool, but no, I I, I I don't know if all of them get used. And and I, I love that. I love that element to where people are maybe starting to think like, oh, this mechanic is going to be in the next set. And it's like, yeah, well, it didn't make the cut. Those one-off cards can be so exciting, but they imply so much more. What's your guys' favorite anomaly? I haven't opened any, and every time I see them on the internet, it's like my brain focuses away from it because I want to be surprised by it Mm. so i can't speak to anomalies yeah i was like you know obviously we we went to target 
<laughs> but besides that, or Minnesotans, I mean, yeah, yeah. that's what we yeah. do in the winter. But but besides that, you know, there's all the communities and the spoilers and the card releases, and we didn't want to tune in. I didn't want to look at the cards before the set was released and be like, okay, let me figure this whole thing out before it's even dropped. Honestly, the Target release kind of took a little bit of the amazing initial sting and of awesome discovery away from me because I popped one and then I was like, okay, well, I know there's spoilers out there, so I'm just going to go kind of look at them. And then, you know, like like there's, yeah. there's something very special when a new Keyforge set comes out and you can get with your friends and or you can go to a sealed event and you can all explore at the same time, right? It's like you're opening up a Pandora's box almost where you're just like, what is going on? Oh my gosh, did you see this one? And it seems like them trickling out like three or four weeks early. Well, but, the but I think the bit. excitement was still there because last night I finally popped some freshies and I had kind of some preconceived notions after pulling one Saurian deck. And I was like, oh, well, this is what they're all about. But then I pulled a J deck because they, <laughs> everybody bought boxes and Jason, who I'm going to call you out. Oh, everybody just talks about how good their decks are. It's all about player skill. Jason marked every deck from his box so people would know that it was one of Jason's decks. <laughs> and I'll God bless you because the J decks are bangers. Serious bangers. <laughs> Freaking gnarly. I, I pulled that that triple code monkey. Yeah. Double but I, Igor. But I got a, I got a Saurian deck with like the exile and the pump everybody up thing where you can move a guy over and kill him and all that. And it was a whole new angle on Saurian that I hadn't expected it I, I don't know it, it surprised you, me you definitely had a moment where you saw my where, eyes light well, up because well, because you were like <laughs> you're like look at this crap i got this 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 and this this is what it's just gonna give me a bunch of amber and i was like oh no dude you bump that guy up and then you exile him over there and then you then you what's the what's the kill all the dinosaurs card uh, regrettable meteor. Yeah, regrettable you meteor. Regrettable yes. meteor that bitch, and he's dead. Yeah, and you get all that ember, and yeah. you're like, oh. well. So I was coming off a, a long stretch of travel, and my brain's just getting back into Keyforge, and I'm looking at it, and I'm like, this is the new Mars. I'm okay with this because <laughs> my my next question is, why did you take Mars away from me, Brad? Uh, Brad, I, why? I, I didn't take it away. Brad, I didn't take it away. The thing is, is in order to enable that discovery mm -hmm. that we've been talking about. And I agree, it's so important. And those first couple opens, you know, I prefer not to be spoiled. Uh, the new Pokemon games just came out. I'm a big Pokemon fan. I've been playing it. I kept away from all the spoilers uh, because that moment every time I get to see a new Pokemon, I go, what is that? Mm -hmm. yep. Is is my favorite part That's why we do of it, the experience. Right? And I want people to feel that every time when they're opening a new set. And so it was unfortunate, but, you know, there is a lot of great moments you can still discover just by, by getting to play the cards. Mm -hmm. And Keyforge, more than any other game, I think, is one that you don't know the true value of your cards and your deck until you actually get it to the table, but it's through its paces. I don't think you really know a deck until you've played it five, maybe six times, yep. and even then you're just scratching the surface still. So Not to deflect from your Mars No, question. no, I'm <laughs> sad about Mars, but... Holy crap, Saurians and, and Grand Star, especially Saurians, right? It's We were talking about this before you came, right? It's Mars on steroids. It is the most technical thing. It's so zip-zap. It's so, like, <laughs> you have to get the position. The sequence. And the sequence and the timing. I mean, you have to get it perfect or it's not going to optimize. Yeah. Or you're going to give the game to your and opponent. It's <laughs> risk-reward. Right? Yeah, it. yeah, exactly. I love it. And What's the, your luck? The exalting, we talked about that when we first got going. I was like, oh, this is... This is elegant. Like, you have to decide 
how much you're willing to put on the board here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And and but it, it's such a cool, different experience. Yeah. And and that's part of why Mars and Sanctum are gone right now, yeah. is to provide those different experiences. And it's it's my goal right now that every set going forward has a different combination of houses. That's why I was curious awesome. because I had never seen anything like Saurians before in a card game. It's very different. Well, and that, it's, it's and cool. that, that's that's the hope. Yeah. Again, that you continually come to Keyforge, you know, even if you've been out of it for a couple sets or starting for the first time, you can pick up a pack of Keyforge and it'll be a new experience. Yep. You know what I'm really excited about for Brad, and I don't think you guys are planning this yet, but you will. Oh, six God. six or seven years from now, you, you guys are going to tune the algorithm to say, you know what? This is our five year anniversary of Keyforge, right? Six or seven years from now, it'll be our five year anniversary. <laughs> hey, time works a little different. Scott's, than five, Scott's five, not five good at math. Works, math five years hard. works better. Okay, so five years, <laughs> four years from now, right? Because happy birthday, Keyforge! It'll win once. It'll win. Twice. I mean, it'll win a game. It'll four, win two. Four years from now, you guys are going to uh, be like, you know what? Let's open up the algorithm. It's houses from any set. Let's just go. Shit. It's just going to be random shit. I don't know. I think that would be great. And and then just like do like a one off like they are they're not used for competitive play maybe I don't know I think it sounds super fun and zany I want a Coda deck with logos from Mars LA. Mars and Mars just open it up <laughs> open it up just like it'll sure be, some crazy I'm sure that'll happen. be fair and balanced Brad, I know you can make this happen I want a I want a logos Mars Sanctum deck with all Mars Mavericks yeah these sets take a long time to develop I'm sure mm-hmm. has there been enough time to to learn lessons from how players have been playing with Coda to implement them into Worlds Collide? Definitely. Uh, you know, that that was one of the things about Age of Ascension is we were designing a second set of something blind. And we learned a ton of lessons uh, from that experience and then just how people uh, digested Coda, what strategies they liked, what ended up being powerful. And part of that discovery is that new sets take what's been good what you've already expected and finds ways to say, hey, if you want to keep playing that way, that's fine. But now there's new tools to fight against you. There's new things that say, oh, you have all that shadow steel? Well, maybe it's not going to go so well for you this time. And, and, and finding those avenues so that players can take that new deck and say, oh, well, that pet deck you've been sitting on, well, now you got to face something else. You, with your old deck, have to discover something. Which I think is a really, really powerful tool. Crushing my archives. I love it. I love it. <laughs> so I love it. With a new set coming out and seeing how everything changes and then going back and looking through your decks and looking at them and saying, are you really a bomb bomb? These three poison waves, you know, they, I don't know, you know, like, yeah. it just makes you look at them a little bit differently. Makes me think about the Mars deck you threw away. Yeah. That was... Oh, man. <laughs> I, I, uh, I lost a deck... When, when we first announced Keyforge at Gen Con, not this year, but the year before, I was, I was wandering out of the convention hall, first night of the convention, and tripped, dropped my box, and lost an entire deck down a sewer uh, oh. vent. And it was it's, my favorite like, deck. It's like, oh. it's like right out of a movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Seriously. Does so, that happen? So in Indianapolis, yeah, yeah. if you, you, just if you like, look around by the convention center, there might still be some Keyforge cards down there. Yeah, assemble oh. it. Assemble it. It's Brad's favorite deck. We need a, we need a search and rescue party. They're gone. Oh, yeah, they're gone. So they're gone. So, <laughs> so over the weekend, I cataloged and organized my entire collection. Out of all of them, I had 62 decks. Okay? Mm-hmm. I want to do a quick run around the table, how many weren't there in my scanned uh-huh. decks based on my physical decks? Uh-huh. What's the difference? 
I think you have physically 35. What did you say, 62? 62. How many did I lose? How many are just oh, you gone lost, to you the lost ether? 14. 14, yeah? Yeah, 14. I'll say 10. I'll go 20, so you have an even 42. Okay, 14 on the nose. Woo! Yeah. Ooh. I, I know your 14. body. There's 14 that are just gone. Where? Wait, you could check charity. Char- charity box? So that's where the curator that bets on tungsten went. There's a there's a black hole in this fort. No, there's what I'm, <laughs> what I'm sure about. No, Scott, your life is a black hole. I wake up <laughs> in the morning, Brad, right there in my house, and Scott texts me, Oh, uh, hey, uh, I left my keys, phone, and uh, wallet in your fort last night. <laughs> Can you let me in? Because the fort keys are in my coat. In First your of all, fort. I never refer to it as your fort. I always refer to the it as fort. The, the fort. Now, but, but, to, <laughs> this is a good point. Is Yeah, so, but also, if you notice, Brad, we're kind of disc golf fanatics. I'm Scott? a big fan, too. I live right by a course. Do you? Which, yeah. One? Yeah. Which one? Acorn Park. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I that live great. I'm, I'm a block from Acorn Park. Oh, oh so sweet. you're like you're like 10 blocks from work then. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, That's nice. awesome. Yeah, we like Acorn and Bethel over there. It's mm-hmm, a good one. Mm-hmm. So, Scott, in the last five years, Scott, tell us how many discs you, not lost, like unfortunate, oh, I threw it in the water or it's in the woods. How many discs would you say you've just walked, walked away Left from? 30. Mm. Yeah, I, I'm no, going no, more around fifty. No, I don't think fifty is high. Well, see now, I I tend to give away a ton of decks at conventions, so I probably like from my profile, I probably am down like fifty or sixty decks. Mm. Sure. So why don't you hand me that scepter and get on my level? <laughs> <laughs> get on my level. Let's go. <laughs> oh, sorry, Brad. You're the king of keyforge, but you're not king of the fort. You can't. Touch <laughs> but if you'd like to join the fort league, you're more mm. than welcome. Tuesday nights. We have an opening because Doug quit. Yeah, right. Doug quit. We need a tenth. Speaking of the league, we have some controversy of what kind of format we should be. Yeah. Doing. Yeah. We need your hot take. Yeah. So we we've gone through adaptive. Like our first Standard league adaptive. was just adaptive all the way. Our second one was kind of a, a mishmash. mishmash. A yeah. Mishmash. No, no, yeah, it was you pronounced it wrong. It's pronounced shit show. No, <laughs> no. Well, the, the yeah. only reason it's a shit yeah. show is because all of us are a shit show. Yeah, well, and we like yeah. to argue. We yeah. need yeah. a decision but, maker but to we, just say we, here's we, how it, it is. was a point. It was a point based system where where our commissioner every week would say this week we're playing reversal or this week we're playing triad reversal or this week we're playing triad or this week it's standard archon and that's when it went off the rails was standard archon because mm-hmm. not everybody has the same amount of decks to choose things and and outside of chains you can't really that got ugly. We're like, really looking for we're really looking for some some guidance. Mm-hmm. On what we should do for this next season because it's it's we, we can't decide. We need a system that engages casual players and keeps the this people who just go through a box on a weekend in check. And, and adaptive was that, mm-hmm. but we find it a little unsatisfying because well, we all want to play with our own decks all the time. So what do you think, Brad? Have you guys considered doing auction league? No. Yeah, expound on that. So auction league where you guys have a, a, a stable of decks and you come around and you're bidding chains on them. Who gets to play them? You take the the winning cut of decks from the previous week, you open some new freshies, and then you have decks that have an established record. They won last time, and you put them up against some new decks, and you keep new blood coming in, you keep those old fun decks. Maybe that one deck continues to do well, so people bid more and more chains on it. Eventually, it won't be good. 
And it provides this new engaging format that has some decks that carry over, but has new, like, again, fresh experiences. Mm. Sure. So do you, you cycle out the decks that don't get chosen from the last week or? Potentially. Again, you could always, you could, you could do it whatever, whatever fits. You could sure. uh, do a top cut and be like, cool, the top four decks from last week will be carried forward. Oh, okay. We'll have those on the table and then we'll open a couple new decks yeah. and then maybe something great got opened or maybe there's a sleeper hit here that I got for a chain or maybe even no chains because mm-hmm. I just sat around till the end. Right. Yeah, or maybe one of those freshies turns out to have the pure kryptonite for the one that's been exactly. ruling yeah, the house. Meta, right. I like that. Mm. Like no, the, really the losers are out, winners yeah. winners as in decks. They, you know, persevere. But right. again, then then if you cool. see a, a winning deck that's been doing really well, like you as a player can go, cool, I'll bid a bunch on that. Mm. And and so yeah. even those best decks are still available to everyone because, again, the auction is this essential part of the experience. And it, so then maybe we do like a best of three instead of an adaptive. However you guys want to play yeah. it. It's interesting, and I think we should explore it for sure. That's fair. So I've got a question about magic. Because mm-hmm. when we first got Keyforge, right, we're like, oh, well, Logos is blue. It's bouncy. It's interrupt. It's interrupt, quote unquote, right? It's... We could kind of, oh, Untamed is kind of like green. Did you guys have to deliberately work to create that dissonance from Magic over the sets? Because I feel like it was pretty easy to kind of connect a house to a color in Call of the Archons. And of course, probably you're thinking more about it, right? Because it's Richard Garfield and it's a new game. But how much did that come into the design to say we need to really have a significant intentional departure from that to keep people from going oh well that's like a black blue deck or oh that's a white red deck i think with any card game you're going to draw inevitable comparisons to magic because you know magic is the grandfather of modern card game design i think it's really important as a card game designer to pay attention to magic see what they're doing and see what's happening there you you can't get away from those comparisons it's about understanding what those comparisons are going to be, but knowing that at the end of the day, you're building something different. Mm-hmm. You're building something that is inherently yours. And yes, there are, of course, you know, some even magic references in Keyforge because, well, it's Richard Garfield. Yeah. They were going to be. Yeah. Again, inevitable comparisons, but you want to grow beyond because Keyforge is a very different game than magic. And yes, I can, I can point that out and be like, oh, that card is this. But... When you get down to it, even the cards that are the same have very different purpose in Keyforge. You know, even if you break it down to its essential component, Keyforge is a racing game. I'm trying to build my engine to be more efficient than yours. You know, what engine is that? Well, it's my Bjorn. I forged a key engine. And and that engine is of course represented by what I have it on the hand and my board. That is inherently different than, you know, a magic where my engine is how can I beat you to death as quickly as I yep. can? And I think you guys have accomplished that. And when I try to get people into the game, I'm like, imagine not having to build a deck and then picking something up and there are synergies and there are fun combos and you just get to pull stuff off. Oh, that sounds like fun. I'm like, yeah, it is. But yeah, it, is. <laughs> it, is. it is. It's fun. It's a lot of fun. It's fun. But I think you've really gone way beyond it. And I think it's very clear that it's not trying Richard trying to rest on his laurels and say, oh, well, I did this thing. Here's a slight tweak on it. It's flipped it on its head. Yeah. And it's so yeah. refreshing yeah. and it's so awesome. So you guys have pulled it off. So I want to give you some kudos for that. Yeah. Because Thank you. Something that's been very interesting to me since Worlds Collide release is it seems like the community has kind of been split into two camps. 
one, the camp that loves Worlds Collide and thinks it's fantastic, and the other camp that says that, you know, it might be a little bit grindy. And for me, I want it to be a little bit slower. I like my games to feel like yeah. we're, we're punching back and forth and going back and forth, you know, and I really like that about this set for sure. Each and every set should have a different feel to it, and I think that's, that's part of it. Some sets will be less about the board. Some sets will be more about the hand. Again, it's, it's that variation in experience. And, and designing different sets for different people because different people come back to the game. People, you know, phase out for a while and then they come back. Or they never leave and they enjoy those different types of experiences. And, and different sets, again, they should feel different. Why, why would you bother going out and getting the new set if it's going to feel the same? Yep. There, you already, you could just go buy the old one. To use track analogies. Coda's like, it's a 100-meter sprint. You know, AOA was kind of like a relay feel like Worlds Collide's like an 800 meter where it's you kind of go out and you feel each other out and then it's all about who can kick earliest and hardest to the finish. That's how it feels to me. It feels like you get into it and you're six turns in and you're still on your first keys and you've got three ember and then all of a sudden like that big Saurian engine gets grinding mm -hmm. or you're waiting to build up yep. that combo and then it's just like boom, 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 bye. I think one of the great parts about that is different stages of a game of Keyforge feel different. Again, I keep talking about this variation in experience, but it's so important for, for games like this, you know, with so many game releases coming out, making sure that players can, you know, successfully continue to come back to your game, continue to buy new product and, and enjoy it, you know, as much or even more than they have previously. That's so, that's so important. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to pop off soldiers to flowers for butt-tons of amber. I'm sorry. Didn't mean to touch your amber with my Cheeto fingers. I'm sorry. We shouldn't have Rochambeau'd for first. Sorry! You and you oh. hate Cosmic Encounters. Okay, yeah, we can have this out. You let's and you, go. Guys, you guys we'll hate Cosmic Encounters. I need Encounters. more scotch for this. Yeah, and let's go. Jason and I let's go. love Cosmic Encounters. Cosmic yeah. Encounter, you mean one of my favorite board games? Yes. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> having you in the fort to discuss to these guys, these plebeians, why Cosmic Don't Encounters you. is the best board game ever made. No. Wingspan. Oh man, Wingspan's real good. Wingspan is, is real sick. good. Right, but you can't fuck That's your friends in, in, in that. <laughs> and, right? Okay, so... To the point on the cosmic encounter, screw your friends over, Scott, subterfuge. Scott is trying to introduce an expansion for Wingspan where you play a game of Fiasco and you're all competitive bird sanctuary owners who have abilities to screw each other over during a game of Wingspan. Like, oh, your entire water habitat was poisoned and your birds are dead. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, I mean, this, is, this is where he goes after like five who, games of Wingspan. Who, who are these people, right? It's like, it's like you, get, you get five people playing Son Wingspan together and they're all like, oh, look at my bird sanctuary. I've attracted all of these birds, right? Well, how did you do it? Right? Like, See, like we all have this land together, right? Like what are the stories between those bird sanctuaries? I'm a bird watcher, so... Oh. <laughs> So I like to, I always like to think of it as not so much a bird sanctuary, but my backyard. There you mm. go. I identified, I think I'm up to 37 bird species this okay. year in my backyard. Right. Do you have the Cornell Labs app for bird spotting? I do. I do. Awesome. Yeah. I just got that at the on vacation last week and was like, oh look, it's a it's a white gull or it's a black pelican. And I was like, this is like playing wingspan in real life. It, it is collecting birds. <laughs> so are no, you, so so are you messing with your neighbors to make sure that you get more like wingtip sparrows <laughs> i don't know no no no, no. my neighbors neighbors uh love birds too so i think between the two of us 
Uh, I think we have like seven different bird feeders in our backyard. Awesome. So it's 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 great for birding. I'm uh, I love it. But back to Cosmic Encounter. Yeah. One of the yes. Best board games back to this. Yes. Uh, yeah. I, I, I love. I, it. I love just the the different types of experiences you can have. Like every game of Cosmic Encounter is going to be different. It's going to have these different table dynamics, and you don't know what to expect. And I think it's the perfect game to sit around the table, have a nice glass of scotch, and and just have fun. Again, I think you can ruin it by taking it too seriously because it's not. Like I mean, it's 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 crazy. It's wacky. Some powers are crazy. Like I certainly have a bunch of aliens that I keep on the bottom of the box, and I'm like, eh, yeah. not for me. Right? Oh, we we got to that point too. We're like, no, we're not playing with these guys. Because to your point, I, I agree that the game is is very elegant in that. You have a different character every time. You don't know who you're going to get, and so your win condition shifts. So do you have to be a loner, or do you have to gain the trust of everybody on the table? And that's where it gets awkward for Dan and I. <laughs> yeah. I just I don't feel like I'm playing a game. I, I feel like I'm... You're playing the table, or... Like, there's just stuff is happening, and then somebody wins, and well, I don't know. I don't, well, I don't think you understand the strategy. Well, it's like why I don't like coup or resistance, but Secret Hitler I'm I, starting to get okay with. I, I think... The thing about Cosmic Encounter is it's a very subtle game. And sometimes you can't win. You just get in a situation where it just doesn't happen. And that's okay. It's That's okay for some games. You're still going to influence the board. You're going to get some turns. You're going to be able to make some moves. But it's about the game that's unfolding around you. It's about playing the people around you. It, it, it's about saying, hey, everybody, pay attention to Scott. Like, he's a, he's got four colonies. Like, yeah. don't don't deal with him. Well, that's what happens, Brad. Yeah. Yeah, is that everybody? Yeah. We, we get cosmic out, and everyone's like, "Fuck Scott!" Okay, rule number one: <laughs> Scott loses. Yeah, right? <laughs> when you play Secret Hitler before the cards hit the table, Scott's Hitler. <laughs> right. Mm. No, you know, I. So, do you when you play when you sit down to play Cosmic Encounter? Do you play to win and win at all costs? Because mm. <laughs> I think that might be what separates the people who don't like Cosmic from the people who do like Cosmic. And you know what? I never win because right. because people always sabotage me because the one it is, time it is, it right? is a very like, hard question do you play I, to win I, I i always am trying to win but at the end of the day the fun factor is really important and i find trying to win generally to be the most fun thing you can do now i will of course note that a shared victory is worse than losing i agree yes i yes. agree completely 100 well, percent. i don't understand unless that. the only loser is scott no. Yeah, and then everybody shares in the victory. But actually, it is true that happened once. That <laughs> so, did happen once. So fun. It happened once. We had six of us playing, and five people won. Yep. And one person lost. Yep. And I was and the loser. Was <laughs> <laughs> what I think yeah. is great about the game is if you're not trying to win, there's a good chance you will win because everyone is trying to knock down the top guy, and there's always a chance for that person in the bottom to come up. Not always, but most of the time, there's. a well, yeah, it's like everyone's your... like, like tied together and crawling for the finish line together and pulling on each other, and it's like constantly flip flopping who's leading. And well, I think that's that's an Im important part of that multiplayer design. Uh, I played a lot of uh, Elder Dragon Highlander, you know, called Commander in college, uh, and in big multiplayer formats. And the table talk and the way players interact with each other at that type of table. Is, is really representative of Cosmic to me. Because do you want to be in the lead in Cosmic? No. You want to be the guy that people don't know is actually in the lead because I can definitely get like two colonies out of the blue and you don't expect it. And I want to be the 
person that you think you can work with, but I'm secretly just be like, and cool, and I won. Mm-hmm. And that is such a different way to play because playing to win might not always mean that I'm making every optimal choice that's on the board. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a big part of the strategy and part of why I find it so fascinating. Because when you play a game of Keyforge, like, yeah, there's bluffing potential. Like, oh, I mean, let's set this up so you think I have this, but I don't actually have that. But not the way that Cosmic can bluff. Not the way you can be like, oh, I've got this, this underhanded plan that you're not even imagining yet. Cosmic has a special place in my family because my little sister came to visit. And I was like, whatever you do, don't trust Scott. Don't trust him. And we get there, and we have a fantastic dinner, and we're playing Cosmic. Scott's like, Kimmy, you and me, let's go. We're going to win this together. And then last play, I win! You lose! (laughs) I screwed Kimmy. I screwed Kimmy on the last play. To this day. I screwed her. I screwed her. I I got a solo victory. It was, and you know what? I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that's what did it. (laughs) I left her behind. And, you know, it's it's been been years. It's been about five years. Yeah. Yep. She'll never forget. forget. Never forget. Well, does she play? Still play Cosmic? No, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> if you mention Cosmic, well, okay, she'd probably play with her friends, and you know, because it's one of those games that it's not an advanced board game, but it's one of those games that most people aren't going to just find. Right? It's like, oh, we play Settlers or we play Monopoly or whatever. It's like, God, people need to just take that next step and try these other games because it's so fun. Yeah. The obvious question is, has Cosmic Encounters influence Keyforge design at all? Definitely. Uh, Cosmic is a game I played for a long time. Uh, it's definitely in my design DNA, uh, some of the philosophies from it. Keyforge is a big pile of influences, honestly. You know, Richard Garfield obviously has has so much just knowledge of games. And so, you know, he's a Cosmic fan. Like, you can't get away from it. It is one of those seminal board games that influences so so many designers and i think it's really important if you're interested in design at all you should play it you should play it a bunch get a sense of what it is and why people enjoy it because you know as a designer you might not enjoy cosmic but understanding why people enjoy it i think is a really really important thing i'm sorry i'm just gonna have to go ahead and draw 20 cards you lose i'm sorry did you want that exalt amber I'm sorry. My deck's just, I don't know. How do I say this, Dan? It's just better than yours. We got to talk oh, about the old Freshie. We do. we do. And it was so bad that none of us played it. Well, I know. I feel really bad about it because because usually I've made a really good point to play all of these, right? We all But this have. one I looked at and I was like, oh, you know what? I just really don't want to play it. Nobody wanted to touch it. <laughs> every, every deck is my child. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. I, 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 like, I honestly, I'm sorry, Brad. I honestly feel bad <laughs> about This man was the ugly baby. <laughs> with him here because he created it. Sorry. You know? No, and, it's totally fine. You but know, we don't destroy them. To be fair, they're in the charity I, box. You know what, though, I, I believe that sounds like a really good reversal deck. Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. Last episode's freshie is a bomb bomb. It's a bomb bomb. Bomb bomb. That's a bomb bomb. Freshie. Popping freshies. A fresh pack for you. You count the deck fit all the same and it's less than two. So should we, should we pop this thing? Pop, pop. So, so we've got these two. <laughs> we got these two packs for you. Ooh. 
and you get to choose. Oh, you're just just he grabbing just chose. it. You're just grabbing it. He chose. All right, that's the one you want. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. They're not Jade. That's it. They're just not Jade. This one's just gonna Jesus go over here. Pack. Okay. All right. He's turned around a little bit. How how do you open? Oh, he just, oh! just yeah. pulls the top off. Oh, savage! Wow. No regard for life. No regards. All right. Oh he my pulls god. Brobnar shadows. Yeah. Walk Damn. us through this. What do you got? We got, we got Soto. Gold passes composer. Whoa. Mm, let's that. see. We got some interesting Brobnar. All right. I pull. see immediately the flex is something that's mm. great. I got a War Grumpus as well here. Uh, and, of course, Mega Calfine and Calfine's Brew. Definitely in a combo with the Flex right. pretty well. Cal- Calfine? Yeah. I always called it Calfine. <laughs> Dang. It you know, it's fine how everyone wants You learn something it. new every day. All right, so let's give this back to Brad. Yeah. And Dan, you can you yeah, can I'll start flipping houses. Flip, here's flipping here's I'll take untamed. a house. Oh yeah, I like untamed. Here's yeah, this this works. Fine. I'll take shadows. shadows. Is pretty I'll solid. Take All right, what do we got? Ooh, Creed of Nature. Oh, that's the cutest card I've ever seen. It's like Baloo cuddling a baby. I have two amber, amber, amber. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. How do yeah. you say that? Yeah. Yes. Brad. Amber, amber, uh, amber, amber. Uh, I tend to pronounce it different every single time. Great. That's, that's perfect. That's exactly the right answer that perfect. I want to hear. Like, there's think no correct. I, I think that's the canon explanation of it, too, because the crucible is impossibly large. And for them to have a consistent pronunciation across the whole thing is ridiculous. I love this answer. <laughs> most, I love this answer. Most, yes. Most people it. can't even pronounce my last name. <laughs> I love it. Consistently. You guys got it. Andres. But like Andres, <laughs> I've heard. I've heard Durs. Anders. <laughs> but, it's, but it's Andres. Yeah. Do you guys have any really good play effects up on creatures? I mean. Do you have any good play effects on creatures up in there? Negative. Um, play effects. Yeah, because there's two hit and runs in here in the shadows. No, there's no yeah. play effects in the brobs, though. Mm. Uh, nope. The shadows so, looks great. Brad, walk us through the shadows there. What's what's in there? We got two hit and runs, a hawk. I'm seeing Hugger Mugger, Yancey Gang, Bren the Fanatic, Chain Gang with, of course, Subtle Chain. Uh, no safety in numbers, which is great. Uh, Dusk Runner, classic, good card. Uh, and then Manchego. Manchego. Which I don't remember what he does. Manchego is a creature, power three, human thief. Play if you have five or fewer cards in your deck, steal two. All right. (laughs) And then also fight reap. You may shuffle Manchango into your deck. Mm -hmm. Okay. Oh, nasty. This thing has a. So you just keep cycling him with nothing left. Yeah, if his deck is short. Short. Oh, that's awesome. Yep. And it's also sitting on the flex with a mega Calfine. Mm -hmm. It's a power seven Calfine, Mm -hmm. which is kind of fun, right? No, it looks really cool. Song of the Wild. Never unhappy to see Taliga either. And two songs of okay. the wild. So, what do you guys think about this? Should, um, we, should we call it, are, Brad? Are you ready to call it? Do you want to look through the deck again? Ah, uh, you know, like I think this deck's pretty good. So, you want to call it? Do you want to be the first to call it? Oh, because you have to call a definitive banger or bomb bomb. Yeah, there's no gray area. I think it's a banger. I think mm. it's a banger. I think that shadows is real good. I'm gonna say banger. Wow, following Brad's hard because, I, because I do you go contrarian or do you or do <laughs> no, you, uh, no no no? I think I'm fine either way. I think with the shadows, I think with the shadows, it's it's kind of nasty. Well, the shadows solid, and then the Brobnar does not let up. Right. Brobnar looks ridiculous. It's savage. It's it a ridiculous. lot of upgrades and a lot of actions. It's just a lot, relentless assault. A lot of amber control. A yeah. lot of board control. And I don't think the the untamed is really lets you down either. No, with two song of the wilds is pretty nice. Right? No, untamed's got a lot of good support in it. It's not. It's it's definitely the support house in that, but it's got good support. So it's, I'm gonna say banger. It's Jaga in there too. 
Yeah. Yeah, I like Jagger. Yeah, yeah everything gets skirmish. I yeah. mean, yeah. With Brobnar and Skirmish, you yeah, okay, let's go. So I'm gonna say banger. Dan's, um, mm. I'm gonna mm. go contrarian. I'm gonna say bomb bomb. I'm going bomb bomb too. What? I'm going bomb bomb too. Well, I think, good I think good news, listeners. Easy. We're gonna play this immediately following plenty, the recording. I think there's plenty of awesome stuff in in here. I mean, the NARP with the flex. Is I just really don't know nice. that it's gonna like mesh together to be banger. That's, that's true. That's true. And and that's one of the wonderful things about Keyforge yeah. is like we can we can sit here and disagree yep. and then. Or we find out. We'll see. <laughs> well, in a lot of these decks, it all comes down to a draw, too. Mm-hmm. Did you get the good draw? That's what I love about it is theoretically every deck can be any deck if you mm-hmm. get the perfect draw. And that's something we design toward anyways. Uh, you know, even the best decks should, you know, not win all the time. You know, you should be able to take one of the worst decks and play it against the best deck. And occasionally that worst deck will pull out a win. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, it might be very rare, yeah. but... But it with should good, happen with good play and knowing what's in there and and knowing your outs and playing towards them, you know, it, like anything's possible. You can get a win with any deck in Keyforge as long as you play it right and get a good draw. I don't know. What's your impression of that playmat there? Uh wow, this playmat is because <laughs> let's talk absolutely about gorgeous play space for a second. <laughs> what do you think about, about the, size? the size of it? Would that fly at tournaments? Because I mean, battle boards get so wide, especially in Worlds Collide. It's a slower game. Oh, I've definitely seen people playing those wider playmats for nice. for Keyforge because you know I mean, battle line can get big. All right, well, I think your play space movement is uh <laughs> might be taking hold here. If you want to check out these playmats, you can go to keyfortpodcast.com slash playspace because playspace matters. It does. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming on, Brad. This oh, happy was to be here. Fantastic, it's a and to have you. hope you enjoyed your time in the fort. And you're always welcome to come play Wingspan or Keyforge or. Cosmic! <laughs> Maybe not Cosmic. Secret Hitler, yes. Kirby's Dream Course, yes. Maybe not Cosmic. Oh, okay, if Brad Andrews says, hey, guess what? I want to come play Cosmic. I what would, are you going to say? Are I you going to say no, thank you? I don't like Cosmic? That's a cultural <laughs> exception. That's a color. Yeah, uh, I would I would play Cosmic. So, yeah, I mean, hopefully you had a good time. So, you know, thanks for coming on. Again, thank you guys so much for having me on. I Absolutely. Really, really appreciate it. And just... uh and take a moment to thank again the Keyforge community. Uh, you know, it's been a little over a year since the game launched, and and you guys are really what make this game a magical experience to play and continue to make. So thank you to all of you guys out there listening. 